Socially Good Media brings together the worlds of comedy and marketing to present The Marketing Brainstorm. Open your ears, hearts and minds as we have just 30 minutes to create a marketing mix for whatever challenge is thrown our way. Okay, so today's Marketing Brainstorm challenge is how do we reduce isolation amongst middle-aged men? Hmm. What's middle-aged? Uh, as a younger person, I'd like to say... <laughs> she loves it, doesn't she? <laughs> she does. She does. <laughs> We're going to be bracketing it. That's it's the voice be, of it's you. It's going to be 39 to 42, isn't it? I was gonna, all I was going to say... <laughs> 35. <laughs> 35 year olds that's a big age bracket isn't it yeah well it's the middle of the ages if your average age is 70 I think it's 80 now one of the facts I noticed it's Uh, 84 is life expectancy so 35 to 55 is even in Hull they're on the middle then I'd say yeah I don't know if 35 is middle age well it's the end of millennials so technically is it I don't know. What what are the different ages? I think oh, millennials are 20, 20, 24 to 35. Millennials now. Yeah. We are adults. See, I've read definitions that said that a millennial was born in 1980 onwards, which I like because that makes me a millennial. 1980 you are a millennial. A millennial is 1980. Not, not a definition. I've just missed it by four Sorry. years. I've missed it by an Olympics, uh, a World Cup, a Commonwealth Games, a government. Maybe it's changed. I mean, last time I looked it up was about four years ago, probably. So. Yeah. But that was four years ago. I mean, what's four years? So, so in that case, I may as well be a millennial. Aren't yeah, millennials yeah. supposed to be quite cool? Are you? Yeah. You're, you're Generation X. Right, is that yeah. good? It sounds cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. It does sound really good. What's wrong with Generation X? It was the golden age of economics. Isn't that like you a boomer then? No. No. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Baby boomers are at the end of the war, man. It's the 50s going into the 60s. You think as marketing professionals we should know. My mum and dad are baby boomers. Right, okay. So we, so we have a loose definition of like middle-aged men. Maybe I should... So the, re- the reason that this challenge is based around men is because we he- hear and see so much around this at the moment. Lots of work that's been done around mental health in general, but particularly around this barrier for men who are less likely to actually talk about what's going on in their head, which can lead to all kinds of scary situations. We know the statistics around uh, men, uh, suicide being a major cause, or the major cause of death amongst men. I think that is actually age 35 to 44, so that is what you're talking about with, with kind of on your middle age, uh, yeah, good advanced call there as well. Um, I'm sure, th- I saw a thing that said that 30 to 40 year old men who were single and running their own business are most likely to have heart attacks. So I've, I've managed to get through that. You're not quite under, you're not single, so you're all right. So I was single in my 30 to 40 years. I was also running my own business, survived it. Well done. So I'm I've, a survivor. I've got a stat. Uh, if you're a woman, but that so women who are single yeah. and they're in company aged that age, yeah, the happiest group of people. Really? Yeah. So it's literally the opposite. And I think I mean, maybe because all the men are keeling over around you. <laughs> Less competition in yeah, the market. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that there's. The thing around isolation, depression and suicide, I think it's one of these things that people kind of have misunderstood because a lot of the, the, the group of men doing that tend to be middle-aged men who are they're not necessarily poor, 
they tend to be white. They tend to be in a kind of pretty privileged situation, and therefore, when they do experience these advanced uh, mental health problems and then take their own life, it's kind of caught a lot of people off guard, really, mm. because on paper, and I do understand it's not as simple as that, you never really know what's going on in somebody's head, of course you don't. Um, but that's what I think one of the things that's, that shocked people. And we do see cases, I mean, there's many high-profile media cases, of so people who are on the outside are just, like, happy, successful people, and then they're gone. Mm. Um, so there's been so much positive work done around reaching out to, to men to um, to talk about this, but there's still a lot of work to do, and that's what the focus of the challenge is today. So, me and John, we've done something about this, haven't we? I don't mean we've done something about this as in solved it, Matt. I mean, we've, we, we did something a couple of years ago, didn't we? Well, I think we may have solved it, <laughs> we but, we, ne- but we never got to... Um, yeah. we, so. So when we were first with a challenge, this specific challenge, about three years ago, yeah. um, I remember distinctly the meeting, and Ian said, I've got it, we should steal somebody's car. <laughs> so stealing men's cars um, was the... That's uh, always my answer to every question. Yeah. This, this time it came up trumps. I know, I could see he was, like, he was looking at me thinking, is he going with this? He <laughs> to be planning to steal somebody's was it car. Said it, said it, it was your suggestion, oh, absolutely. I don't even so, I mean, you just said... I know a guy called Gary, we should steal his car. And Steve and I just went, don't know Gary, don't know what his car is, let's do it. Yeah. Do you want to give it some context? Yeah, so we did. We, we were doing a thing well, which, we, which we entitled Positive Pranking, wasn't it? Well, no. it was, in, yeah, yeah, Positively Pranking. Positively it Pranking. Was, yeah, it was, yeah, we tested lots of stuff like Prank Me Off and yeah. um, various other... Oh, some rude puns yeah, uh, yeah. to fit the theme. But they're, but they're not offensive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, prank me off. You're just shouting that at people. No, but they're on, they're only offensive to prankers. I'm not saying it's not offensive to a to a group of to a group of society. A group of it wasn't society. called prank me off, you ass bandit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's offensive. That is yeah. offensive. And that's so, why I didn't say it. So, um, so uh, yeah, so we 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 you know we decided to call it positively positively pranking. Was it? Mm. Uh, and it was a way of. Um, it's almost saying thank you to people who sort of like deserved some thanks, but maybe you know you wanted to give a you just wanted to give a warm and fuzzy feeling to, and you wanted to yeah. inject a bit of positivity and and to let them know that everyone appreciates what they do and that they're that they're a good guy, but doing it in a really laddie blokey way. Yeah, and it was supposed to be like yeah, exactly, because it was supposed to be like groups of lads like coming together to show their appreciation for their friends and things like that and to show their appreciation for other lads and it might be someone who you don't know it might be you know that you just know does some good stuff or whatever and deserves something anyway so can I just say that that we did properly research and plan yeah. this so we didn't do it to strangers and things mm. like that as well because we, we had a big mental health consideration and actually as the project evolved which you're going to explain in a moment but we saw I'm not saying that our your case with Gary was the way that we did it but we realised that it was men who were on the fringes of some kind of group who were maybe becoming a bit dropping off you know yeah. disaffected so a guy who, who oh, used to come to the pub with us or used to come to football away, and we don't really see him anymore what's happened to it and it was a way of trying to bring them back into to the group but in a way that ignited men so that they had a project to get behind rather than just putting their arm around somebody's shoulder and yeah, go, oh, let's do that. So it affected not only the person who was um, being pranked, yeah. it also affected everyone else because they had to plan it together, they had to, they had to come together. And it was a bit like that thing, because I think me and John probably spoke about the fact that, you know, 
we're both playing football teams, uh, but they're not proper football teams where you play against genuine opponents <coughs> and there's, there's some sort of jeopardy during the game. Uh, there are football teams where it's just a group of friends larking and mm. it's just it's a I'm not even friends. <laughs> it's a camaraderie thing, isn't it? And it's just yeah, it's just a group of people coming together each week and they have fun and they chat to each other and they maybe only see each other once a week, but that's fine because they get to you know catch up and whatnot and they play a football game together and it's it's everyone's you know. <laughs> Yeah, before we get into the reveal of the actual project, I think that's a really interesting group. That and I remember a guy, um, I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name. Of course, I can't remember his name. But he used to play football with us, and um, he put something on Twitter actually and tagged me into it. And it was a really interesting article about men who only ever see each other once a week at football, and how close they are in terms of you see them at their moments of joy, you see them at their moments of frustration, you get a really good idea of what somebody's personality is like by the way that they play football. For As a side note, um, I play football on Monday night and one of the other guys called another guy a dick. He was just like, playing? He was just like move, you're just standing there like a dick. Do you know what the guy <laughs> did to respond to that? He took his ball and he went home. He was like, I am not Aww. being spoken to like that. But then, in a really man way, it was like I was like, oh, don't we, I'm not going to name him. I'm not going to name him. I do know this guy quite well, um, but I was just I don't. I, I, I didn't realise what was going on, but I was like, he's not really storming off the pitch halfway through the game. Don't worry, we had a spare ball. Otherwise, it <laughs> would have been it would have been a bigger problem at that point. I would have definitely got more involved in it. <laughs> but in a real blokey way. We have a WhatsApp group afterwards, and somebody said, "So we're we going to talk about what's happened now." And, and so, which I tried to diffuse it by saying, "If you want to talk about how well we play tonight, then yeah, go for it. If you want to talk about something oh, else, maybe we should leave it on the pitch." To which the 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 guy who said the offensive thing came on and said, "I apologise unreservedly for calling you a dick. You are not like a dick." I was out of order, and then the other guys just replied, "Appreciated, dealt with, right? Correct. That's how men kind of deal with these things." But we, it wasn't like let's have a sit down, and have a conversation. That would just have never worked. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it was just like a side. But as I was saying, these these guys who get to know each other so well, it's like we're at the point now where members of our group are starting to die and things. It's just like, well, do I go to people's funerals? And but I couldn't tell you the names of the kids. I couldn't even tell you if they've got kids. Some of them. we don't talk about things like that. Yeah. But we know each other really well for one thing, but not others as well. So men do have quite strange relationships with each other sometimes. What's well, different world to women completely and I think that like I'm keeping quite quiet because at the moment because I'm just observing and listening because for me solutions is really obvious answer because I I talk to friends I talk to family I like deal with if I've got a problem I can speak to people really easily and it's not my problem so I can't relate to this issue um, and I wouldn't, if I went to an activity once a week with friends, I would then also have socialising outside of that and I'd probably like make friends with a few of them and actually get to know them really well. So it's like a different relationship that I personally would build compared to what it sounds. But that doesn't mean it's right or wrong. Mm. My girlfriend loves talking about things, loves <laughs> chats about feelings and things. I deal with it by putting my t-shirt over my head and pretending it's not happening. Okay. <laughs> he takes his ball and he walks off. <laughs> Seriously? How's that working out for you? <laughs> she gets annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> so I was single between age 30 and 40. <laughs> Which we know you survived. Yeah. Just survived. Yeah. So. Unless now this is it. Maybe you're still there. Mm. Maybe this is some kind of like purgatory or hell yeah. where you're still yeah. kind of reflecting endless podcasts mm. talking about your emotional inadequacies. Yeah. I actually have a really serious question what? about that. Did you have loads of friends 
to keep you sane from like not because I think that a lot of people Ian's got more friends well, than have adult dinners. Well, this is what this is the thing. So actually, something that I've observed is a lot of people. So I'm 25. So a lot of the <laughs> just, just want to put that in there. Yeah. Um, so I'm millennial. I know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a lot of my friends now are getting married. Some of them are having babies, which obviously you don't traditionally now get married before having kids. So technically, that's kind of like a tie a family now. I did. Um, you had a good. Well, I'm from a different generation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've traditionally, like now, my generation, it's not about marriage. Is generally something that you do. You don't have to have kids after you've done it, and you're not. Don't, it's not really tied together now. But a lot of my friends are moving in with partners and stuff. But they're ha- it's happening a lot quicker. So they'll be with their partner for like a year or two and they're immediately living together and they're having kids and they're and but they're kind of settling down and then you don't see those people ever again really because they now have their own gang which is either their family or their boyfriend or they make new friends through their girlfriend and boyfriend so yeah so then I imagine by the time I'm 30 the people who I still hang out with will either be couples that I got on with together or single friends pretty much because I don't ha- no one that has kids hangs out with me so and I don't personally have kids I've got some tips for you. Oh. <laughs> so what you need to do is, I have a lot of friends. I'm 42. So as we've already said, Jenny, millennial, middle age, and then according to Jenny, I'm from the middle ages. Um, um, boomer. Um, um, so, you know, once I was done with... Ian was conceived during the Blitz. <laughs> once I was done with, shelter. Ma- with, 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 like, you know, making my knives and forks out of my own iron ore and things like that, then I... Um, <laughs> then um yeah so i have lots of friends now um who are like in their in their like very early 30s because what you do is you get some younger friends oh god <laughs> so you groom people <laughs> whoa 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 <laughs> you get some you get some younger friends so um i have like liam and johnny you both know liam and johnny yeah. um and like they're both um i don't know i'm gonna be offensive now i think they're about 30 um, and you know I have Jack who's 34 so mm. like I've got these people that are like about 8 mm. to 10 years younger than me and so like what you do is you get some younger friends who aren't all getting married and having kids you hang out with them instead but you see 30 and, and it keeps you it keeps you young Jenny it keeps you young because <laughs> you you thrive and you you feed off their youth um, not in a not in a weird way like a parasite um, I, don't, like I, don't, I don't suck the youth that out blood of them letting thing. Um, then, but yeah so so that, that's a, the other thing you do as well is that you make you make the effort to go around and see your friends with kids so I like I still see my friends with kids quite a bit not all of them I don't personally bit. like children that much that this is uh, the problem then so you need to get I to like know them to the then as well. so I pick up my two friends kids from school twice a week but that keeps you social and maybe this is a thing like you, if you were single and alone, <laughs> you got away with words. Yeah. Um, but you weren't because you had friends. You had younger yeah. friends who did do one. Now here's here's the down. issue though. So now my thirty-year-old friends are all getting married and having well, babies. Yeah, that's, yeah that's uh, And I, I can't just keep going finding myself some new I think you can. I mean, look at look at you do have a girlfriend. Look at team team Escobar soup. I mean, the, I mean. Jenny's practically one of the older ones. <laughs> I am. Yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> Actually, you're not. They all walk around the, the office I'm saying, oh, the here's, here's old Jenny coming in. I'm, yeah. the, I'm the middle Grandma age. Jenny. That's like, so we have another works mate out to give John and Ian something to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they look after us in our age. 
<laughs> Can we go back to the product that yeah. we were discussing mm. as well? So we 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 were out, it was still relevant, but we talked about the work that we were doing around positively pranking. You yeah. want to take it from there, Ian? Yeah. So so I'll just tell people what we did, please. So we we got Gary, and we decided that Gary decided a bit uh, not not needed a leg up or anything like that, but that Gary decided something nice to happen to him. Yeah. So can I just jump in yeah. just to say yeah that was right we we moved towards how this could be used to reduce isolation amongst men we're not saying that was the case with Gary Gary was our pilot yeah yeah absolutely yeah but he was a nice guy who we sort of thought like he deserves something nice to happen to him and he had a really really shit car didn't he he did um I mean he'd admit that as well um he's got a new car now but anyway yeah oh, we should steal um, it yeah um we should steal it and make it shit um, <laughs> no, so he had a really really shit car and uh, so we enlisted his girlfriend um, groomed her uh, yeah we enlisted his girlfriend to help out with the plan and um, the plan was that we would um, they would go to the cinema one day in the centre of t- in the centre of town they'd go to the cinema and when they were at the cinema we already had his spare key for his car so we'd go and steal his car and while they were in the cinema um, we would take his car we'd get it fully washed and valeted we would take it to our friend who was um, a mechanic a car mechanic who would um, give it the once over and he would do some work on it. Uh, Thank, what, big shout out to John at Paragon Services. That's right. And and then we would get it back to the car park in time for him coming out of the cinema. But the big reveal would be that he would turn up, his car would have been stolen, he wouldn't know what to do with it. And then all of a sudden we'd come round the corner with balloons tied to his car and everyone who'd been involved, because there was quite a few people involved, and, uh, and, and then we'd see Gary... Um, it's a uh, cross between uh, surprise, surprise, and Beatles about. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We never called it that at the time. No, no. Jenny doesn't know what either of those shows no are. No idea. No. Further, kind of before night time, but yeah. I watched. I watched. I didn't watch Surprise, Surprise. It bored me. But I watched Beatles about. Yeah. yeah. Ian remembers when they played the national anthem on TV at the end of the day. Okay, right, <laughs> so I think. I think, I think what, I probably do. it's interesting because one of the topics we were going to cover today was bullying and we decided yeah. not to but um, now we've got lots of audio examples of that we can we can just the next podcast can be just us trawling through this and going do you see where maybe that wasn't appropriate <laughs> we, 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 well, how did that make I, you well, feel I shake curled up in a corner how, how did that make you feel I can't do anything without my age you'll pick I mean that's what you should that's just anyway so <laughs> But it was really, it was a, there was a, quite a big operation, really, yeah, for what it, was, it yeah. was. I remember you had to go and, like, scope up the car. and You were setting up meetings just to get him away from his car. Yeah. So you could go and give it an assessment of what needed doing and get another key cut. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was like, oh, did, did we steal his car before then as well? I think we might have took his car before so we could have it once looked over by Paragon Services. Did we or did we not? Yeah, you did. So I think it yeah. was. So we took it down so you could see what needed doing so you could get some parts in. Because he... He upped the brakes on it. Yeah. He um, did did something to the, the exhaust was like hanging off, and he fixed that. Yeah. Um, and he did all of this for free. Yeah. yeah. He did all of this for free. He changed some light bulbs. He um, uh, so you know he basically gave it a small service, basically, didn't he? Yeah. But it was all things that I knew needed doing to Gary's car as well. And Gary had been saying like, mm, "I'm gonna have to get it into the garage because my brakes are doing this." And I think he changed a tire as well. So we've got a new tire for him. We've got some new brake pads. Uh, we fixed the exhaust, um, fixed some lights that were out. I mean, it sounds like it's just driving the most illegal car <laughs> ever. Um, but yeah, so we fixed some, fixed some yeah, lights. We, and we, not only did we help Gary, but we helped <laughs> other motorists yeah, and pedestrians yeah, exactly. not die. And then, and then we, um, 
And then we went and got it valeted and cleaned, didn't we? Yeah, and we filled um, it with Easter eggs. We filled it with Easter eggs. Did we put some petrol in? Probably. Think, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah put some pressure in it. And then we, t- it. we took it, yeah. <laughs> and then we took it back again. We did actually have a discussion where we said, like, we should um, we should take it back to the car park, <laughs> not do the reveal and just leave it there for him. So then he'll get in it, start driving, and we've cut his brakes as well. <laughs> so as a final prank. Right, we didn't do that. We this didn't was do positively pranking. This is the idea, and I remember us having the planning meetings, just like giggling like children as we were as we were planning this around some of these silly ideas which we didn't do. It was about we fifteen some, people, twenty people involved. Yeah, did we oh, just give the Sunday afternoon up? I think it was to, to do it, um, but we did have some prank element to it. So we because we filmed the process as well mm. because what we were doing was trying to set this up as something that other people could do and, and re- replicate so we did a bit of hidden camera filming for the reveal where myself and Steve oh, were yeah. playing the part so, so, hey, so Gary, Gary didn't know uh, Steve I, I had John. never met Gary before yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so, but I knew what he looked like because part of our surveillance so I, we waited for him and his girlfriend to come out of the cinema they'd had a nice afternoon and then we saw his face drop as he I'm sure my car was here and then I went across and said, excuse me, sir, are you looking for your vehicle? He said, yeah, it was here. And I was just like, um, and then at which point I just flashed some fake ID um, and said, um, yeah, I'm afraid, Sam, I'm from the council and we've had to tow your vehicle and have it destroyed. Um, yeah, it was filled several safety checks. You had a bald tyre. Um, I probably said faulty brakes. I mean, how you would know that? <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And I pulled up some documentation and I said, you need to pay the disposal fee of £17 and two pence uh, for <laughs> your vehicle. And he even started getting his money out of his pocket because he was really apologetic about it. And Steve who I was with, to be honest, he lost his nerve and just went quiet and he was just like, this is really bad. I thought, no, we're keeping going. We're keeping, <laughs> we're keeping going with this. And I knew when to stop. I think if he was going to get too upset or too angry. And then he started going, can I see your ID again? And stuff like that as well. And then Steve said, oh, actually, say what we need you to do is look over there, at which point you guys all came round. Well, you were, actually, you were filming, right? But the others all came round with the car, and then we had balloons on it, and complete random strangers. My kids made, thank you, Gary, banner. <laughs> <laughs> They'd never met him before. And, stuff like and, and therefore, bewilderment ensued. But the whole purpose of this was about trying to create this social movement where groups of men would come together to, as you say, to reward somebody or to pick somebody up who was who was down. And we did various focus groups with different groups. People would really enjoy planning the pranks. They picked the person and they went through all of the kind of mechanics of it. And it, I think it was such a... It's still got that kind of nucleus of a great idea within there. We pitched this to the Movember Foundation. Mm. We'd already got some small amount of funding to pilot it and to test it. But unfortunately, it didn't get selected as one of the projects that would be rolled out on an international basis, mainly because they thought that it was probably just a UK thing and that we had that sense of humour and that wouldn't necessarily translate into other it's countries. It's a big old thing to organise as well, isn't it? Yeah, well, we were going to do leaderboards and mm. competitions around who could come up with the best positive prank. And, and, and the idea is that it would get a life of its own. But yes, it was a lot of work. So you have potential legal problems as well. There are as well. And I think this is maybe part of the issue with this product. Coming back to the original marketing brainstorm challenges, how do we reduce isolation amongst middle-aged men? Jenny's sitting here saying, I'm observing this conversation because I think you should just talk to each other. Whereas I'm going, right, 
we need to set up this global prank network of car theft, and we need to and we need to have a competition. I must admit, maybe I'm doing the most John Gilbert thing ever and really overcomplicating this situation. I just um, I just think that I I don't know what why I, why talking is so difficult as I've sort of explained, and that isn't like any shade or anything on the fact that men typically don't necessarily talk as much as women about their feelings and stuff. Um, but is it like a, not a laziness thing, but like a, a lack of effort thing? But then that makes me think, well, why would pranking and actually doing anything other than talking make an effort? And I just like, why would you do that if you're not just going to just message someone and say, you're right, mate, I ain't seen you at the pub in ages. Do you know, just reaching out. I don't know why that wouldn't be a solution. Well, I think, I think a lot of men do do that. So let's look at the positives of this. As I said, there's been a lot of campaign work that's been done in terms of time to change. Locally in Hull and in the other parts of the country, there's Andy's Man Club, which is exactly mm, set up to deal yeah. with these kind of kind of things. It, the conversation is, is happening. It's all based on turning to your friend or your family member. How do we reach the isolated people who don't yeah. have that around them? Though? That's the tricky part. And I'll be honest, that was one of the limitations that we had with positively pranking. Mm. Because the people who needed it most, they, they wouldn't have anybody. They, they wouldn't be a member of the football team or a club. Or people a, wouldn't think of them. No. Mm. Well, so this week, Cabris UK, um, this was going to be my That submission. was slick, wasn't it? Thank you. <laughs> Um, I was going to ha- have this as, I was going to submit it as a story, but it related really well to what we were talking about. So, um, Cadbury has actually have um, done a campaign with Age UK, which is the, I don't know if anyone's seen it, the packaging where it's got no writing on it and it's just the milk cartons. Um, milk cartons, I think they are. Um, and the idea is that... Junk milk bottles in my age. Are they? Oh, are they milk cups? <laughs> A pouring milk, whatever. They used to drink straight out of the cow. They, they hadn't <laughs> figured out sterilisation when Ian was a child, so they drank straight from the mud. They used to lay, lay down and, uh, and, and, and. Ian, don't, that's a bull. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no. Um, so the issue, the the aim was to raise awareness of um, the issue of loneliness, which is which will raise money for charity. Um, age UK. I'm still I'm laughing at my own joke. <laughs> Uh, I'm really sorry, Jenny. Would you repeat the last bit of what you said? Because I didn't listen. Absolutely. Something about chocolate. <laughs> so, Cabris Dairy Milk have teamed up with Age UK, um, and they speak. The idea is because they have a massive thing about heritage and the whole glass and a half tagline, which has been around for generations. We all remember it. Yeah. Um, the aim is to raise awareness of the issue of loneliness, um, as well as to raise money for charity. So, it was 30p of every wireless chocolate bar goes to Age UK. Um, and the idea is to target loneliness, um, which is by, I think it's generosity. So getting people to go and potentially, well, I don't know if it's give a Cadbury's Dairy Milk chocolate bar to an old person, but um, there's one trailer that they did where there's an old gentleman who's throwing kids' toys uh, back over his garden fence to the neighbours and they have kids next door. Um, I don't have a TV, um, like live TV broadcast, so I don't know if it was popular on TV. I don't oh. watch TV. Uh, fair enough. Well, we're useless. Uh, you don't have a live TV broadcast. <laughs> I don't. What does that mean? Well, I don't know how to say it. I don't have a you cable. You have a TV license. I just here, use so Netflix like, and YouTube and stuff yeah. through my she TV. Just streams. Oh, I right, just stream. Okay. Yeah, I'm so a millennial. <laughs> um, I, 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 I only watch the Potter's Wheel. <laughs> Jenny won't get that reference. <laughs> I'm not sure I do. No. I know what the test card was. What's the Potter's yeah. Wheel? It serves the test card. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Just before it. <laughs> 
So it used to be a potter's wheel going round. Really? Yeah. Really? Great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the idea is to um, <laughs> to instinct uh, to to bring out the instinct of generosity in us all, um, and try and work with the community to help all people who feel loneliness by buying more of our chocolate. Pretty much, yeah. I like that though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the thing, what caught my attention was that. Um, that the idea was that the the, the lady Claudia Missili Missili Mickley Missili, um, who is one of the head of marketing, I assume, um, explains that basically she actually wanted to engage the finance team and the HR team into this, and they actually got the entire company to come together to think of these ideas, um, but yeah, the idea is like making making sure their message message was consistent. And in line with the branding, which is through the heritage, but just trying to yeah encourage people to go see their lonely neighbours. <laughs> Ian's currently showing us. This is the Potter's Wheel. A video from 1953. Wheel. This is the BBC Television Service. Home of the interlude. There you interlude. Go. Thank you, Ian. Um, but yes, yeah, so I just thought it, it, it was interesting how Cadbury's did it, which was technically just selling a bar of chocolate. Um, so they're looking at the product that they've already got and then saying, how can we use this to address this kind of problem? Yeah, I think... Which is much more straightforward and effective than setting up a global prank network. <laughs> well, pretty much, this is the thing, though. We, the, the, like, massive companies can use this, but the problem is the ethic, ethics of selling a product but using it, using essentially something good to sell something, ultimately. Mm. And it was that the Gillette advert about the, the mill like toxic masculinity campaign that they did that was hugely controversial but the idea was to basically raise awareness of a thing and get people to think but ultimately it was just to sell raises um to men by having a go at men kind of a little bit or having a go at toxic masculinity which again people mainly had an issue with because it was just some private well private company trying to sell generally any csr is like ultimately like you know well, it'll help us sell more things because it gets our mm. name out there. Yeah, What's and wrong th- with that? this is something that I mean, I've been asked this a few times. I think I might have even mentioned this on the podcast before. I'd rather them do that mm. than something else. Yeah, you're right, yeah. And I, I do understand that you can look at it cynically and, yeah, ultimately, within the business, it sounds like Cadbury's went about that the right way with this, yeah. this inclusive mm. approach, but they're not going to do something that's going to erode the profits mean that people lose their jobs and mm-hmm. so on. They're just not going to do it. The shareholders just wouldn't support that, regardless of their moral stance as well. But I do think it's possible to to achieve uh, profit f- through social responsibility and, and, and helping people out. So is it then, use, so Cadbury's have done it for elderly people for, with Age UK working with a charity. Is this something... This is the box, yeah, go on. That could be done with a yeah. bigger company. But yeah. <laughs> beer. Take well, a take a, be, take a beer round. Take a, maybe not an alcohol free beer. Take, take a <laughs> beer round um, to your to your isolated friend and so on. And it's about trying to find that common mm. that common ground, that kind mm. of thing that makes it easier. Maybe you uh, give them, I don't know, just an, an invite to come around to watch a, a sporting event or something mm. like that. And then and actually. Uh, at least having that conversation where you might not address the mental health problems but again this challenge is about specifically about isolation and if we yeah. can bring people together to experience something then you may find that everybody enjoys it a little bit more my other, my other, I have another criticism technically but it kind of of the positively pranking and the kind of just inviting someone around for a beer is that's a one-off thing 
Mm. And this is the issue, what I've seen about, and I'm just relating it back to the elderly loneliness, is that these people live in, con- they can't leave the house. And I know that's elderly people generally, it's because of the barriers that they have. But perhaps mental health is a barrier for middle-aged mm. men to leave the house or to go into rats. So if you go around with a beer one time and you feel like you've done a good deed or you invite them out and do like a community event and they're invited and they come, then for the rest of their time they have that. Yeah. so how do we no, combat yeah. that no, that's, that's a good that's a good point I haven't seen Gary since I have really? really yeah. I've seen say. him a couple of times a week yeah, yeah. yeah he's just but that his is, car was in a pile of bricks yeah. <laughs> that, um, that is Hashtag a good point bricks. Yeah. so yeah I think there is definitely work to be done on the product and the proposition of this before mm. we even getting into price and promotion and distribution and so on and I think that we did need to get a real understanding like all of our marketing channels uh, about who we're trying to influence and, and the best way of doing that. And maybe therefore we ain't going to crack this one within this marketing brainstorm, but we should bloody well try. Yeah. I think it's a massive issue there and it's really interesting and I've already really enjoyed listening to two men talk about it. But expected. our ideas aren't much different from yours either, I don't think. No, I guess not. Um, but it's just ours are... You don't just want to just go around and chat to a friend about mm. feelings or something like that. So there's got to be some sort of fun to go with it. You've got I to worry. gamify it for men because they're stupid. I worry about isolation. That like now my my social networks are my family, through work, and through friends. But, but all my friends prefer my wife to me. So Aww. if she was to uh, if she was to leave me or something, I know that they'd be like, "God, right, who's going to have to get John?" Have you seen the film Game Night by any chance? Yeah. And it's got um, oh, I can't remember the name of the actor now. They call him Meth Damon. Anyway, he, he's within this, and he plays a character called Gary. Funnily enough, actually, and and within this, there's these neighbours got together and they used to have a game night, and they split up, and they all liked her, but they 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 stuck with him because she moved mm. out. So they're like they basically isolate him from the friendship. Anyway, he, in a way, he pranks them positively. Pranks them as a part of the, the plot of the film. Actually, oh, I, wow. I didn't realise there was a link with there as well. <laughs> they stole. Yeah, we need to. We need to go back and figure out how this film was written. And <laughs> maybe they were inspired. By, uh, I think it made a few quid. It's actually yeah. reasonably quid. good. Yeah. Reasonably, got well, a few dollars yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, to, uh, for that kind of comedy. We need to get in on that. But um, but yeah, I think that, I, I, I don't know, maybe there is something that needs to be set up. I think I would look at something like Andy's Man Club or just a place where blokes can go and meet people because there is a stigma around that. But I found it scary, I think, walking through through the door and go, hello, want what to be Andy's, my friend. Can someone explain to me what Andy's Man Club is? Because I haven't actually no. heard of it. So Andy's Man Club in, in Hull, they meet up on a weekly basis and it's just open to any man who, who wants to go along or listen or you can talk about just stuff that's going on within your lives. I've never been to the session, but they've. I believe the way I understand it works is they have facilitators, they split you up into a group of do- a dozen, you just talk about what's going on and you just go once okay. a week and you can go as far as that together. as well. But it, but it is, but it's about. It does quite well, doesn't it? it like, yeah, I mean, it's really been going quite a while. And I'm guesting on their people. podcast next week, so maybe I could update us in one of our own to yeah. understand mm-hmm. a little bit more about it. But those kind of things are, are set up, but there's still that barrier of um, the, the truly isolated people have the confidence to go through that. Because I think mm-hmm. where something like Andy's Man Club works well is if 
a friend make drags you along or persuades yeah. you or comes along with you for that first time. Yeah. I know that when we've done work around isolation, generally amongst older people, but the biggest barrier is that walking through the door to a community centre on your own and feeling like you could be rejected. And I'll be honest, mm. I've seen that happen. I've seen it done really well when we've worked with social uh, clubs and there'll be a facilitator who just welcomes any stranger. I saw it between two men once. It was absolutely beautiful, really. A uh, guy in East Hull, uh, we did an open event where we promoted it to the neighbours around. We didn't say, hey, are you isolated? Come along to this. But we but we said, are you interested in what's going on in your neighbourhood? And we did a lunch, just a free lunch. Not many people came, maybe six or seven who've not been before came. But this one guy had come in, his wife had died, didn't really know anybody in the area. And Tony, who runs it, was fantastic with him. Physically put his arm around him and was, oh, we need more blokes in here, you'll do no my new best mate kind of stuff. And they just like, it was just bromance just kind of blossomed from there. I've also seen it done really poorly where a new person comes in and they might think, oh, there's something a bit weird about him or her, let's just ignore them. And of course, I'm not going to come back on no, from yeah. that as well. So I think sometimes isolation can be people who haven't, so isn't aren't very social so they might struggle in social situations mm. as well so it's difficult if you are a social you've got social people all around who are maybe extroverted or yeah. even if they're just social social butterflies a little bit and then having that person who hasn't really interacted with people or doesn't interact on a daily basis might struggle a bit more and generally unfortunately as human beings we tend to push those people out slightly or they just well, accidentally get pushed out they're harder work yeah you go into the situation and you're like oh god nobody knows him or her or there's something a bit odd about them mm -hmm. right it's it's easier not to include them but it's much more rewarding when you do yeah absolutely, absolutely. that's that's what we did with ian <laughs> we brought him in that was, that was, look at the rewards you're all reaping now that's the basis of our business partnership <laughs> but the, the th interestingly the um to combat the is the idea is to have potentially a community leader and it isn't necessarily that they're always based in a community centre but to have some kind of funding or charity for um, even if it's a street you appoint there is an appointed community leader and it probably would be someone that's a bit older maybe retired um, but it can be a, probably better to be a guy or um, but they actually do look out for people and they know who lives at certain addresses and they understand what's going on um, and they kind of like organise events and lunches and even like bring around Sunday lunches and share that community stuff um, and it sounds like the guy at the community centre who took that man in um, that kind of personality where they happily interact with these people um, but they don't necessarily go around to everyone's houses but they're just there for people to hang out with and yeah. So we need to start wrapping up, and I guess we are focusing here around what that product will be. Now, we should probably identify that the things we've just been describing there, there's loads of great things that do all of them. They're already out there. They're maybe somebody listening to this guy, we've been doing this for years. Fantastic, but there are still gaps within it. So I think certainly what things like Andy's Man Club do is they they just say, here is the blueprint. Other Man Clubs are available. Other man, yeah, <laughs> Barry's Man Club, yeah. uh, Gary's Man Club. <laughs> Yeah, come and steal my car. Uh, but there's, um, they they say this is how we've done it. You can go and do this within your community. So it is about empowering other people. Mm. Which is to be fair, I don't want to come back to positively pranking as the um, uh, what's the word vanyard mm -hmm. uh, behind this because it wasn't and it isn't. But the whole idea was to show the people how they could do it themselves. So I think it maybe is about those community champions who are willing to share their good practice because they'll get some benefit from it. And there are, as you say, Jenny, extroverted characters or certain people who will 
uh, finally find it quite rewarding to know that they've been able to connect other people together and they need the social skills in order to do that and we need to put them on a pedestal almost to make that a, a positive behaviour. It's tried and tested with elderly people. My Both my grandmas are 80 plus years old and both of them are isolated. Their husbands have passed away. What generation and, is it? <laughs> I don't know, actually. Yeah. Um, and they are... So they actually go to... There's a Methodist church like in the village... Um, and they can't walk anywhere, they don't drive, so there's a couple of people who are slightly younger, they do drive, and they go pick up all the people who can't drive. And then if they want to go out for the day, well, sorry, the Methodist Church provides them lunch, they go every Wednesday, but they do events, they bring in, like, choirs and stuff to do things like that. Um, But then, on top of that, they have all of their mobile numbers, so you can ring any of the people who you go to this thing with. So there is is an element of making friends, but then occasionally they'll be like, right, we're going to go see York minster or we're gonna go do something and the people who can drive off are like well i'll take beryl and stella and i'll take you know and and they all get banned together waiting for another rhyme oh, i'll take bella and stella all right i'll take um I don't know, Jean, and, Jean and keen it's not a word is it it's, it's not a, it's a name an entire band Okay, well, maybe they've got a large car, and maybe Keen are feeling quite isolated. They haven't had a hit in a while. Ian went through a rare period of quiet there, of listening, and then when he did interject, it was poor. No, it was dynamite. (laughs) Don't you worry about it, Ian. We're here for you. You can talk to me whenever you want. want You haven't got a car, but I'll steal your bike. Yeah. I think you were saying, Jenny. (laughs) That's pretty much it. To be honest with you, I think that it's tried and tested, and having those community leaders and things in in place are good. I'm going to round up the four P's on this. So the product, there's already lots of wonderful initiatives out there. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure that people understand it and also feel the confidence that they can be that person that makes the change. The place in which we do that, a lot of it is going to be geographically based. We haven't really touched online. But I think that's that. a big thing as well. I think it almost needs to be more like community based, yeah. doesn't it? You know, like like, like Jenny was saying about like community. You know, it almost needs to be that because if you try and make it too big, then I don't know. It, it, you haven't got that sort of absolutely friendly feel to it. Yeah. Anyway, I think, sorry. I think that basing it online, which is something that we have avoided. To be honest with you, there are communities online. Um, there's a certain element of like not to make it really dark but like where people recruit lonely guys into things and stuff online and it's almost like a vulnerable place well, putting it online almost isolates people further exactly. because you're basically just it doing online. it in, in, and, and it makes you sat in suggesting your house. we do it <laughs> no no but what, what I'm saying is I think it's good I think when you said it was community based um, I think that like it geographical rather than Physical. Let's make Facebook groups and stuff. Yeah. Because actually, like we're learning from a younger generation of people who have grown up with smartphones who and social media. Who you speak media, on behalf of, of course. Who I am the leader of. Yeah. Um, but no, like 15, 16 year olds who we work with the now at generation. Express. No, generation. <laughs> generation. It doesn't quite work that, does it? Generation. So generation. Basically, what we're saying is, um, yeah, we don't want mobile no. phones and things but, like that. We want to all yeah. sit around the wireless. Yeah. Oh. Listen to music. This, do you know what? Actually, one of maybe one of the best things that I've seen in Hull, which makes me smile, and I'm not sure if it happens anymore, but there is an old punk and metal club that used to be open, and they still convene like once a month to go and listen to the music that they used to listen. Nice. It's not not a, not an actual nightclub, but it is now a night. I think it was called Trogdor potentially. I can't remember. Mm. Um, but it's just old punks and. Where's this? 
metalheads. I, I think that's right about in, 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 in hell, yeah. finding those common interests to build it around, rather than labelling something as sad, lonely bastards club. Well, yeah, exactly. Because like football it's, it's isn't a... for everyone. If, uh, isolation might mean that you're not active, and actually that could be a big barrier that yeah. you don't want to go and do that sort yeah. of thing. So actually, go and listen to music, bands, that kind of thing might even. And be... I think that is a place where you can walk in if you've got mm-hmm. a common interest in something and you don't know people, but you yeah. can talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, about what's going on I mean I've talked about this before I had a, an, an idea for a coffee shop or a community centre where you have an agenda of different discussions so mm. you knew that if you showed at 2 o'clock you could talk about football if you're into football you could talk about EastEnders at 3 o'clock whatever it is so it's yeah. about finding those kind of specific cultural levels of interest and then from there friendships are born mm-hmm. price in terms of our marketing mix I mean we're talking here about uh it doesn't cost a lot of money to do these things. It mm. takes some money. It takes some of your time and it takes some of your courage in order to do it. And promotion is just about making sure that people are aware of it, that you're aware of anybody else that's lonely and you can give them that kind of introduction, but not in a patronising way. I think with price and promotion, we've all, we've discussed everything from like Dave, who runs the community centre like meal, to Cadbury's Dairy Milk, who have spent probably millions on a campaign um, and it can be anything from price and promotion like you can do it in any way it's more about raising that awareness but also the promotion is things like putting your arm around someone and saying you're my new best mate or promotion is something like stealing someone's car or prom- <laughs> and filming it or promotion is um, sending that text mm-hmm. that would normally just be a one off but saying why don't you come down to this yeah. I, um, you know. I said I'm not going to Going to a I sent a message off to somebody who I've not spoke to for a while today, and just, who has not had the best time recently. Just and they haven't replied yet, but it was just a how's it going? Yeah, yeah. That's right. all I said. Yeah. Um, Welcome him down to Ernie's man club. Ernie. I don't know. That was the arrival faction <laughs> to the discussion of another day. Okay, so we we've kind of got there. We need to reflect on one thing. Remember, no idea is a bad idea until mm-hmm. we decide it's the worst idea. Jenny. Um, I don't think that um, older people should groom younger people to be their friend to make them feel younger. Oh. <laughs> Just right at the very end, she gets to another slight. She older does. people. The only, reason, the only way I can get a company of a 25-year-old is set up a podcast. <laughs> Hello. I mean, it wasn't my first choice of 25-year-old. But... <laughs> Boom. But she'll do. Boom. Was that bullying? No. No, I was there. You, you could, could do it that. repeatedly, though. You I could will take... report you. Okay, well, that's fair enough. That's a tribunal. Well, that's a, a podcast for another day. So that's been the Marketing Brainstorm. I've been John Gilbert. I've been Jenny Harrison. I've been Ian Thompson. And you've been fantastic. <laughs> you I don't like, like that. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Marketing Brainstorm. Your presenters have been John Gilbert and Jenny Harrison from the award-winning social marketing agency Eskimo Soup, along with Ian Thompson from the immensely talented Storyboard Media. Our editor is Mary Close, and this is a socially good media production. We'd really appreciate it if you would please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts.